Within our world are creatures we cannot hope to comprehend. Science refuses to recognize them as fact, but Hollywood sees this as an easy cash grab. Now, join these three men as they venture into these attempts at success. You will witness the good, the bad, and the strange as you are now venturing into Cryptic Collectors. Welcome all once again to Cryptic Collectors, the only show where we somehow try to decipher if it's very, very much a good thing to be a cannibal. The answer is no. No, obviously not. No. (laughs) But of course, uh, joining me today is my uh, partner in crime. I'm the Robin to my Batman, Crooked Lore. Really? You made a DC reference considering what we're going to be talking about in this one? Well, I mean, there's no other sidekicks I really could have used in in this case. Uh, of course, Spider-Man has, like, like Spider-Man has instead of, you know, the Genetti to his Shawn Michaels. That would have been really, really <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's the difference. I'm not going to try to shove shove it, Will's face into a glass. Into a, oh, wait, no, actually, no. You're actually right about that, because in this case, in an act of cowardism, Will would try to jump out of the window to escape. Okay, no, actually, yep, no, you're right exactly. about that, man. You're right. Yep, I forgot about that. Dare you. I would do with so much grace, it wouldn't be cowardice. It would be elegant. (laughs) Elegant. And uh, also joining us as our second guest on our podcast, he is a very well-known kaiju sci-fi horror author known for his creation, Atomic Rex, Polar Yeti, Chimera, Scourge of the Gods. Give it up, ladies and gentlemen, for the one and only Matthew Denian. Uh, Thank you, guys. Um, I'm really happy to be on your guys' podcast podcast here um you know we're good friends so the opportunity to collaborate on something like this is uh, really a treat for me so thank you for having me absolutely and you know, of course we'll know you're also a fellow cryptid fan so definitely figured you could definitely join us on this show and uh, just discuss all the things weird and strange out there sure of course yeah and, and- unfortunately our our third uh, co-host uh, dan aka sippy he will not be joining us today because unfortunately he was under the weather but he will be back though for the next episode so you know we personally wish him the speedy recovery and you know he'll definitely be back with us soon for our episode today as i mentioned last time we are going to be discussing a very fascinating urban legend as this one is not just well known as an urban legend but as a piece of native american mythology and history and as a real as a real life pheno- as a real life phenomenon and a very taboo subject matter and that of course being the wendigo yeah it's a, um, a great uh, subject to talk about i had to do a lot of research because in my agent 666 book a wendigo appears and uh, going through the different layers of um, mythology and, and history around the Wendigo was really interesting going through how it's changed over time, mm-hmm. you know, all the way back from when it when it first appeared. Do you guys know, like, about the how it started with in the Algonquin sort of dialect in uh, Northern American, Native American tribes? I know that with the uh, story of it is that it's basically a evil spirit that is known to possess people and invoke them with this insatiable hunger and desire for other hu- for other forms of human flesh. So that's what happens to me when I eat wings. <laughs> <laughs> you like him Kentucky Fried. Oh, wait a minute. Then if that's the case, then you're basically going to turn into uh, the uh, the giant chicken and poultry geist. I knew this day would come. <laughs> I, I, I'd rather be chicken food. That'd be more fun. I don't care what the remake of Animaniacs said. I love chicken food. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <it was> great. <laughs> Ouch. 
but yeah, Wendigos, like you said, Ace, um, it's like a, um, a tale uh, that was told. Areas were particularly harsh. Winters were known to happen and food could become scarce. So, you know, some of the morals built into the Wendigo story, you know, evolve around, you know, obviously don't eat other people being a very key point, um, no. but also to, you know, prepare for long, hard winters. Um, by storing food and also to be willing to help out your your fellow tribesmen, your fellow people by having some stores if they need it. So they also don't feel the need to resort, resort to cannibalism. How come these warnings aren't like weather reports? It's got to be snowy out there. Make sure you store food and do not eat your fellow man. That's why there's always like a rush on freaking eggs and bread and milk when there's going to be a snowstorm, you know? Yeah, like, yes. yeah seriously. I mean, be a Wendigo. So you get lots of bread and milk. You make French toast. Then you're not a Wendigo. Yeah, exactly. Or this like, French toast really created my craving for human flesh. And they're pretty similar. Yeah. In taste. Yeah. So the moral of the lesson is here, everybody. Instead of uh, trying to eat flesh, just have ice cream. There you go. I mean, Wendigo. you may be eating something cold while you're freezing your ass off, but hey, at least if at least you could survive it until you do, until this until the sun comes out, then you can consume all the human flesh you want. You joke about the ice cream thing, but I actually do that when it's cold. <laughs> oh, what really? Yes. The, not the eating flesh thing. I don't do that part. I eat the ice cream when it's cold. <laughs> oh, fair enough. The flesh um, thing, you have no proof. Yet. yet. But <laughs> but another interesting thing, though, about the Wendigo, it, you know, mythology-wise, is is the fact that matter is that the more one who is possessed consumes the flesh of others, the more they can are changed into a humanoid with what is popularly known with the Wendigo, a deer skull with antlers, a very slender, almost anorexic type of body. And ironically enough, I've seen many um, many people compare the Wendigo as sort of a Native American equivalent of lycanthrope or werewolves. Yeah, so yeah. where that well, originated... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Will. I was going to say what's funny is mo- they final de- the finalized depictions of Wendigos are just werewolves going through a punk rock phase. <laughs> uh, well it's it's interesting originally in the um native american language the word wendigo or, or wendigo you know it comes from different depending on the dialect can also be translated as owl so like when i was doing the research for my novel the original look of a wendigo first or wendigo as much as it was um in native american culture was something kind of owl like very early descriptions and this is like kind of passed down through folklore uh by word of mouth it had the creature looking not too unlike the depictions you might have seen of the original Mothman in some instances, Ooh. where it does have a very owl-like appearance, you know, which also like one of the perhaps more grounded explanations for the Mothman is a displaced snowy owl, which would make sense. Or um, I've heard some stories refer to it like it's it is more of a hulking creature, so maybe something like Owl Bear from the uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out this year. <laughs> uh, Interesting comparison. Yeah, yeah no, so it varies a bit. Um, but um, owls are known to be um, flesh eaters. Obviously, typically they eat, you know, rats, mice, stuff like that. But, you know, it would not be out of the realm of possibility if you're like a Native American in Canada in the winter that if you died, that some owls might scavenge on your body. Hence, like the beginning of the legend. The lycanthrope part, interestingly, came when Jesuits priests came over in the 1600s, like 17th century, and yeah. started talking with the Native American tribes there about, you know, religion, 
folklore, stuff like that. And of course, when they heard the stories, how people could become this monster, they immediately made the connections with werewolf, you know, mythology from Europe. So that's when the Wendigo would take on for a bit more of the appearance that we're going to talk about a little bit, you know, for a certain comic character where it's more like werewolf-ish or Sasquatch-ish in a way. Yeah. And then in the 1970s, it, the popularization of the emaciated, skulled, antlered character would come into pop culture. And that was inspired by Britney Spears mainly. <laughs> definitely. definitely. In the 1970s. I mean, I, I mean, have you seen her with her shaved head head off? I mean, she kind of looks like a Wendigo if you really think about it. Oh, I'm not sure I'm going to see that. That might be too scary for my eyes. <laughs> now, I do have an issue with the idea of the Wendigo at one point being depicted as an owl, because just imagine this. There's a, win, uh, there's a Wendigo among us. Who? The fuck you just say? <laughs> <laughs> Although, actually, I actually just got curious and looked it up, and I did see some fan art providing some interesting takes about a Wendigo looking more uh, owl-like. I'm gonna send a link. I'm gonna send a link to the guys here, and I'll also this time put an image up for everybody to uh, view here as well. Um, very fascinating. So uh, very fascinating take on it. I could actually see this um, maybe potentially being yeah. used in the future. Yeah, it is a neat take on it. Um, so you'll put the image up for everybody so you can see it. But yes, of course. Still like an emaciated type look, uh, but you can see in the face in particular, right? That like owl type of look. Yeah, those eyes. And imagine seeing that in the middle of the of a dark, snowy night. It also could partially explain the height um, because like owl would be up in a tree. So if somebody used to see it in a snowstorm, it would yeah. look it's maybe 10 feet tall. What would be cool is mixing this with the modern depiction of the Wendigo. I would oh, agree. adding like the antlers. Yeah, give it the antlers, give it the uh, skull, give it the skull face. I could see it. Uh, it's like a combination of like a human skull or like the or like the deer and skull with a little bit of the owl skull. That could be interesting. Yeah, actually, actually, face wise, I could kind of picture something like the humanoids at the end of Shin Godzilla, but with two big red eyes, like a owl. Ooh, ooh, yeah, definitely, definitely the definitely the proportions of their bodies, absolutely. And yeah, uh, they were pretty emaciated looking too. Yeah, very, very. And we're much never so. gonna see them. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> on a on a sequel, never going to happen. But as mentioned, um, one of the creepiest things about the Wendigo is, I mean, obviously the concept of it is already terrifying enough. But the thing is, it's also terrifying to consider is that it's there's no beating around the bush on this. Cannibalism is still culturally still something that's very st around today. And is still understandably and I think still the news very, changes. It, <laughs> still a very tabooed subject matter. In fact, there is actually a psychosis known as Wendigo psychosis. People having this intense craving of human flesh. Ah, it's, it's not just my dog barking. No, yes. it's mine too. I'm sorry. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> my dog, or else a Wendigo, perhaps outside the house. I'm not sure. It's been raining a lot, so they sound like very tiny dogs. That's not that's not scary at all. Yeah, maybe the Wendigo just wants to be on the episode because yeah, he feels left out. They want to bring up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I did want to bring up that that some people believe that the Native Americans did not did not like the idea of saying the Wendigo's name, believing the name was a bad saying the name was a bad omen. And yeah, we see that with a lot of um, you know like demonic type things where people won't say the name in mythology all the way up through um, Harry Potter, right? With you know. He who shall not be named, right? Yeah, so, exactly. It's definitely a thing that continues. I like, and I really like that because that really gives this sense of terror and real threat that you can't name the thing that strikes fear in everybody. Oh, since we're talking about stories of Wendigo, have you heard of the Hell Town? I have not. I have not. So the Hell Town is, I believe, it is a town in Ohio. Do not 
Yeah, quote me on it. But this town was was evacuated by the military. Everyone left left their homes, everything here. And a lot of people believe the military actually had had a Wendigo and was experimenting on it, but it got out. There's actually a really interesting mockumentary that talk that talks a bit about this. But yeah, the Hell Town itself actually does exist. Hmm. Isn't there? Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there like a church around around Hell Town? That I don't necessarily. That I don't remember. It's been a while since I seen that. Since I seen this, but yeah, but I just always thought it was interesting how the Helltown about the Helltown, especially the Wendigo conspiracy. Because hmm. let's face it, if the Wendigo existed, yeah, the military probably would try to capture it and experiment on it. Yeah, well, For to sure. be fa- to be fair, if you like, technically, if speaking, if you want to count count them actual cannibalism, technically, Wendigos do exist around us. In a matter yeah, of but, speaking. Yeah, but we wouldn't just capture re- people that eat other people and then experiment on them trying to, you know, weaponize them. They'd just be normal people that eat other people. At this point with the U.S. government right now, I'm not surprised by anything that they would pull off. I don't know. At this point, the president would just think it's funny and actually want to try by just out of curiosity. And then fall asleep in the middle of a conference. Fun fact, you know what's funny is that, is that you, no matter what president would have, someone to hear that and they're like, that sounds like the president. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's I mean, true. it's it's not inaccurate. Uh, no, the Helltown thing's interesting. I didn't know about that. It was like 1969. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, like I said, there's a really interesting mockumentary now. Like I said, all the everyone in is an actor and all, but the story itself wasn't isn't actually the Helltown itself actually exists. I highly recommend the mockumentary. It's really interesting. Hmm. I know. Definitely check it out. That's that's very cool, actually. Well, it's funny is not many people, are, at least from what I've seen so far, haven't used it in a story. Not like uh, hikers that went missing in the snowy that were found frozen in a snowy mountain that people believe that Yeti killed them. Oh, in, like, in Russia? Yeah. Say that one. People have told stories a thousand times, but not many people actually use like the Helltown story. Hmm. I wonder if maybe that might just because with Helltown, it's so, um, it's not really a fully confirmed thing. So perhaps, uh, it's not really like a full on. Yeah, no, but you can still play around with it. Like, you're never going to get an answer why it was evacuated. So you can come up with anything. You could just, yeah, you could say Godzilla just walked through. Although, on the subject, though, of uh, when it comes to stories when the Wendigo, because out of all the urban legends that we've discussed here, it's fair to say that the Wendigo is probably the most notable in terms of adaptations. There have been plenty of films, comics, and especially novels. Yeah, Probably... isn't Pet Cemetery isn't the main antagonist, and that's supposed to be a Wendigo? So there was um, a, it, the character in Pet Cemetery was inspired by the Wendigo. There was an author by the name of August Steve, August uh, like Dareleth. King? Hmm? <laughs> no, August Dareleth. Okay. And he had a, he had uh, two short stories. One called "The Thing That Walked on the Wind," and if uh, I don't know, I'm probably going to butcher this this pronunciation. Ithaqual, uh, uh, respectively 1933 and 1941. And th- his stories were actually what inspired Stephen King to create that character in Pet Cemetery. Right, and he was, um, Derelith was did like a lot of expansion of the Lovecraft universe, correct? I believe so. Yeah, okay. And um, also there was the uh, Alger... Uh, Algernon Blackwood's uh, 1910 novella Wendigo, uh, and his work was also very influential in mainstream horror. 
And, of course, there was also the 1995 novel, uh, Solar Storms, which featured it. There's a, it's kind of amazing uh, when you really look up how much the Wendigo has influenced a lot of literary works and films. In fact, originally, we were actually going to be having a Wendigo film along with our main subject today. But uh, due to, uh, we just felt like it was a little, might have been too much, you know, for one sitting. We felt keep it simpler and keep a lot easier with one subject matter. Yeah, I have to ask, uh, what was your introduction to the Wendigo for you guys? For me, it's going to be embarrassing. It was Lost Tapes. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> really? <laughs> I would uh, be embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, so don't worry. And, and in case anyone's wondering, yes, eventually we are going to do Lost Tapes. Soon. Uh, but, admittedly, that was one of the scarier episodes of Lost Tapes. And good ones. And, well, yeah. And, but, I All, mean. That's it. I was one of the three good ones. <laughs> one of the three good ones. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, with, um, but with the Wendigo, I think one of the things that really makes it, um, uh, that episode scary for me was, one, I like that it's a, it was a nice blend of the Wendigo, the Wendigo, um, of, you know, psychosis as well as the native american myth where somebody you know it just suddenly just hits them and they have this insane hunger and then they just become these savage cannibals that wear the deer wear the deer skull that we all know of it but normally but would look like any other normal person despite that yeah now serious question if a wendigo was invisible would it be a wendigo well, you're gonna make a great dad someday. You yeah, yeah, you dad. really are. Thank you. I don't, I don't really yeah. like, I don't really like kids, but I love dad jokes. So I feel like there it's a, I think feel like an even thing here. So. Yeah. You really, you um, really will. You, yeah. I, so to, uh, I, I, to answer I, your question, though, because it'll be a nice transition. Um, my first exposure was in Marvel Comics uh, with that version of the Wendigo, because I'm a little bit older. Which should be yeah. ours, but apparently, apparently, lost tapes just beat it out for us for some reason. Lost tapes, Marvel Comics. I can see why you went. You know, uh, lost tapes. Being well, nowadays they have to, they have equal quality. They do. They do. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that's a great transition because that goes into our main subject for today, and that, of course, being Marvel's Wendigo. And yeah. uh, and Matt, since you were probably the most experienced of us when it comes to I'm the, the oldest, character, yes. uh, <laughs> would you look like to give people a nice little background on the character? Uh, sure. The the character uh, first popped up in Incredible Hulk one sixty two with um, you know basically the uh, background that we discussed in an individual who um, becomes a cannibal and eats other people. In this case, it's a curse though, and it would turn the um, person into a giant um, Yeti-like creature, you know, white, um, sharp teeth, uh, but extremely powerful, like would go toe-to-toe with the Hulk on multiple occasions. Um, so he first appeared in um, Incredible Hulk 162 and uh, 163. He would reappear uh, probably most famously in uh, the first appearance of uh, Wolverine. Was that Incredible Hulk 181, I think? Uh, yes, that was one. Anyway. Yeah, I was about to say, wasn't he also the antagonist in the first appearance of Wolverine too? That was like the one yes. thing I actually knew of it. Yes, yeah, that's what he's, was. he's more well known yeah. for. He's the in that uh, three-way dance of a cover uh, to make a res- wrestling uh, comparison. He's the third member, right? Yeah, he yeah he's the yeah he's the third member of the faction. Yes, um, so that's probably what he's most well known for because he was kind of like 
he popped up in the early 70s and like you know he was there for one issue but hulk had a lot of monster of the week type characters at that time so um likely would have fallen into that category but obviously grew into prominence in hulk 181 uh with the first appearance of wolverine who obviously exploded as you know one of the most popular characters in comics from there going forward mm. and uh because of that the windigo would be linked not only to the hulk but wolverine you know pretty much throughout his his history or her history depending on you know who was the windigo at the time um but usually when windigo appears in comics it's with hulk or wolverine although he does he, he and she has appeared with other characters as well yeah the windigo was a very solid i'd say like a very solid c-list of villain and the Windigo idea was originally created by Steve Englehart and Herb uh, Trimple. And both men, of course, would be uh, well-known for a lot of their great runs of Marvel and DC during the 1970s and the 80s. And as you right. mentioned, Matt, they are both the creators of Wolverine. And that's a big, big thing to have on your resume. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And <laughs> the Windigo, I, f- I always find this version of the Wendigo to easily be one of the most fascinating. Because design-wise... This is more of what I kind of pictured when they ta- discussed about the what the Wendigo looked like before we got the common depiction. And yes. I think it's re- also really like that it's a pure white color scheme. I lo- It's very striking, and you don't see many creatures that kind of have that pure white color scheme, at least not anymore. You know what's uh, funny with the fur? It kind of also gives a vibe of a skinwalker. Very yeah. much so. It definitely yeah. um the fur absolutely gives it a skinwalker vibe. Uh which is you know probably also tied in around that Wendigo mythology, you know, in, in um Native American folklore. Uh so yeah, I can see that. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, and another thing that I really like is that uh the Wendigo as a character is it's certainly a menacing and horrifying concept. Although in this case, uh, if I'm not mistaken, cause I need to reread up on uh, Wendigo stories from Marvel. Unfortunately, not a lot of us had a lot of time to be able to fully read a lot of the Wendigo stories, but I believe that in the, the difference is from the original tale and Marvel's take is that it more so sucks on the life force and souls of people rather than the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they would, in the 1970s in particular, sort of uh, make it more to be in line with the comics code. Uh, they so... pulled what Morbius did in the 90s cartoon. Exactly, exactly, right. Yeah, because well, yeah, I think Morbius 2 came out in the 70s, right? So it'd be the same type of thing where he yeah. had a yeah. like, suck life force as opposed to blood. Um, they yeah. would update them as like the comics code kind of became a non-issue uh, yeah. going forward. Um, the Wendigo would be portrayed by different people throughout comics history which is an interesting part of the character. So it's sort of like, like an evil Captain Universe where like anybody can be the Wendigo. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be one person is the Wendigo. Yeah. Uh, and another uh, fascinating thing is that um, the, there's a certain bit of tragedy for every person who becomes the Wendigo. In fact, um, Steve Englehart recorded, uh, reported in an interview about the conception. I knew about the legend of the Wendigo and thought between his strengths and the sad story, he sounded like a good Hulk opponent. And it's perfect yeah, for Hulk. It's perfect for Hulk because of the line between terror and tragedy when it comes to the Wendigo and Hulk, of course. Yes. God, yeah. I, I really wish they'd used the Wendigo in the earlier uh, MCU movies, but for some reason, Marvel for a long time has been moving past their magical-based characters. Yeah, I always thought he would have been interesting in one of the Wolverine solo movies that didn't go so well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course, um, though, Logan actually, is fantastic. Well, the, 
Yeah, actually, the Hulk versus movie, if they'd gone the Wendigo route, that could have been a really cool story of them trying to survive in the in the world and it's trying to, trying to get out of there. They actually did a, um episode of Wolverine and the X-Men that does exactly that with the same voice actors from Hulk. Oh, really? They actually brought actually they actually brought in the Wendigo? I don't I, I don't remember that part. No, yeah, no. it's um from really? X-Men and Wolverine. I believe it's called Ooh, um Wolverine versus that. Hulk is the episode name. Like they switched up from Hulk versus and it's a similar tale basically to the first appearance of Wolverine. He sent after the Hulk thinking he's on a rampage. Uh they have a not nearly as in-depth fight as they do in the Hulk versus animated film, but it turns out it's the Wendigo. So then they have to work together to stop. Actually, I think it's several Wendigos because it's a situation like you had mentioned, Will, with like the government experimenting on people to turn them into Wendigos. Yeah. So you get um that dynamic. That's actually an underrated series, Wolverine and the X-Men. And I agree. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. We almost got Deadpool in it too. That's the sad part. I know. Um, yeah. But if you get a chance, that's a great episode to go check out for sure. Yeah, I'm actually looking up the image of what the Wendigo looks like, and it's fairly accurate to the comics. And I also like the added edition of the horns. Definitely uh, yeah. getting the modern depiction yes. of Wendigo to in there a little bit. Yeah. Another thing I will say, I love Marvel's classic monsters. All of them. They all, all of them are unique in some way, and uh, and they always just stick out. Absolutely. And another thing too is that I'm really glad that during the time period. They didn't just have Wendigo fight Wolverine and the Hulk. He would also fight other horror characters, you know, along the way. Like, for example, in Marvel Comic Presents, he actually fought against Werewolf by Night. Oh, which is a really good story. Because Werewolf by Night, again, another underrated character, I feel like. And is the only good modern Marvel movie. This is true, too. Yes, Um, absolutely. They did an interesting small series too, where uh Sabretooth was basically hired to hunt down the Wendigo in a uh, four issue miniseries, which is pretty good. You know, one matchup I, I say one matchup I always wanted to see was the Punisher versus the Wendigo. Cause you think he would come, would run across someone that would become possessed by, by the Wendigo. Actually, hmm. yeah, that would be cool. I always thought that the perfect opponent they never did is Ghost Rider, right? Cause like, oh, the dude no, Go, else, no, yeah. Right? Go, Ghost Rider never got it. And I got another one for you that they never did. And this is a prize. Never did f- had him fight Man Thing. Oh my! Yes, which also would have been yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. serious. Never fought Man Thing, and yeah. you'd think yeah. he would be perfect for him. Yeah, but the cool thing with the Ghost Rider one is Ghost Rider cut. Can't really do much against a Wendigo since technically the Wendigo's possessing an innocent person. Right, but it's yeah. the person's initial action which turned him into a Wendigo. Usually, sometimes in the comics, they would have somebody who's like captured and cursed to become a Wendigo. And there was an interesting what if. It was like, I think, what if Captain America formed the Avengers? And in that case, Logan was captured and became the Wendigo. But because Ooh. he had like his healing factor and his already animalistic tendencies, he was able to somewhat control it. So in that what if, he became what was the Hulk in that case. So it was Logan turning into a Wendigo. So it's a, a cool what if. A lot of instances, so it is somebody who eats someone, which I think adds an extra layer of horror onto the character, which is cool that they would get away from in some later comics. Like there was a storyline uh, they did where a person like killed somebody and uh, worked in a meatpacking plant. So he threw the body into the meatpacking processor and then anybody who ate that meat became a wendigo in the comic storyline but to me that's kind of weird. Just that's, 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 that sounds messed up yeah it's 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 messed up because i always felt like the wendigo should be a punishment for turning on your fellow person and eating them like if you eat like not knowing what you're eating and assuming it's regular food that seems like it might not be fair <laughs> turn it through yeah seriously that's, that's a little that's a little say, cop out heather yeah. i think those meats tainted what makes you say that well i just turned to a monster yeah, unless of course they like the taste, then they should be punished. It's like it's like, well, what? Like, do you realize you're tasting human flesh? I just looks at it and just goes, 
But it tastes so good, though. But it tastes oh, like yeah. Five Guys. Oh, my. <laughs> it tastes like Five Guys. Well, as someone who's been in there at Five Guys, I'd believe it. <laughs> well, oh, actually, no, it just means different. I mean, something different if you say it tastes like Five Guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It actually kind of works there. <laughs> oh, so that's why they give all those complimentary peanuts. <laughs> Although, actually, on the subject of uh, the uh, on a potential crossover idea with uh, Ghost Rider, it actually kind of gave me a really cool idea to think of. So, hey right, guys, I'm gonna pitch a little a little comic book idea, everybody. So, imagine a Ghost Rider versus Wendigo anthology legacy series. Each single issue is about every Ghost Rider up till now fighting a different version of the Wendigo. So the first issue could be Johnny Blaze against, uh, let's say, the like the original Wendigo. Uh, All right, so we're well, not going to do the weird made-up legacy modern Marvel's been giving a lot of these characters? No, no. No, no. Yeah. yeah You're talking like, about people who were legitimately Ghost Rider. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah remember when Ghost Rider was like a fallen angel? Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, too. those nice. were good. Those were good times. And You're yeah, but like we can't have... I said, we can't have Christian figures in Marvel. DC says, fuck it, let's do that. Yeah. The Paul Cartier, the the first one to go canonically in Marvel to take on Johnny Blaze, right? Yeah. And then, of course, uh, then you could have Frances, and then you could have uh, Francosis against Denny Ketch, and then Lorenzo or Malvis uh, fighting off against Robbie Reyes. You know, it could be a fun little idea just to have like a nice little supernatural horror anthology series. I think it's a great idea. I'd even throw Vengeance yeah. in there just because he looks cool. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I, I'd be okay with that. Maybe yeah, be like an I, ancient version of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that would be cool. And do it sort of like um, they're, they're doing the Wolverine Predator story right now, where it's like I know it's the same Wolverine, but over time against different predators. But in this case, I like it. Different Ghost Riders, different Wendigos. As uh, that's a great idea, Ace. Actually, it's a really. Good I like idea. it. Took I like it. Took Marvel this long to actually do a crossover with the Predator. Yeah, well, you know, at least in modern Marvel, they, they've they, lost their they, so they had they had to get the rights first before they were able to do it. Yeah, and, yeah. So they're yeah, thinking, um, well, years ago we didn't have the Hulk fight Godzilla or Fin Fang Foom, so so what we'll do now is have Wolverine finally fight against the icon. Yeah, and they, that's why yeah. they'll take Ace's idea and not run with it because it makes sense and it's a really good idea. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. Like, of course, what I'm coming up with is like something that they would never do because that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. What, are you saying um, Spider Boy isn't a brilliant idea? <laughs> uh, Come on, it's, it's, it's that, a long tunnel to go down. It's, <laughs> it's a long um, pain. It's a long painful story. One of which involves me start starting to get the cyanide. But um, for Ace's idea it would be a great like, uh, especially this time of year because they usually do sort of like a uh, horror special around now. Don't they? They got one coming out with like I think Scarlet Witch and Werewolf by Night and a few other characters. That'd be a great one to do. You release them all in October, right? Like one a week for the month of October. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, get a different writer, a different um, and a different artist. Both of them probably right. being fans of the respective Ghost Riders, and then just tell them, hey, you just got to do research on the Wendigo and. And try to try to get an artist to match to match the era each character yes. each version. Yes, of came absolutely. Out. Yes, that'd be you definitely got to get that down. That'd yeah. be so sick. Like the, the first one's like a very 1970s feel to it, right? Yes. And then Danny Ketch has like that over the top 90s feel to it, right? Like yes. So you go. That'd be great. Yeah, and then of yeah. course you get like the emo 2000s with Robbie Reyes. It'll be it'll be beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Now, question: Do you think DC should have their own Wendigo? You know, I'm yeah, surprised I haven't tried Batman. that. I personally love to see Batman fighting the Wendigo. Hmm. 
you know yeah i can see that yeah well i guess it depends for how to i mean obviously batman would definitely be one of them but i could also potentially see etrigan potentially being another enemy for the one actually why why not constantine constantine too there you go that's another one Yes, I feel like with Etrigan, he easily he, he can physically keep up with Wendigo. Constant, oh. At least with Constantine and Batman, I feel like they, they it would still be a struggle for them. Oh, that's I, you just gave me another idea. What if he was a Titans villain, especially with Raven? Oh, that actually that would be actually that's even better. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh wait, even better than that, Beast Boy. Yeah, that would be very cool, Beast Boy. Um, yeah, but would he want to eat Beast Boy? Since Beast Boy one, technically something. isn't like people. Well, he doesn't want to get gangrene. No, yeah. Yeah, but absolutely, um, like uh, d- an idea for a DC Wendigo, that would be a lot of fun. Although, to differentiate it from their Wendigo, would they try to go with the more accurate depiction or maybe go with the more, um, with the old school depiction with the owl? I think, I think they'd probably go with the antler one, right? Like the emaciated one. So yeah, because yeah. especially, yeah, especially since there's too many like wing-based monster creatures like Man-Bat and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you certainly want to make sure it looks curious. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she don't even, I don't know if, fun one uh when to go against wonder woman i was about to say that i feel like wonder woman would be a good matchup too um, that, could be, that could be a decent matchup a clash of myth uh, it's not the first it's not like it's the first time wonder woman's done that so i can see it um batman makes a lot of sense like because i could see that being a thing in gotham city like um even if somebody like zaz decided to go to cannibalism you know it would be an interesting elseworlds type tale yeah. um Hmm. Oh, I would love a horror Elseworld Batman storyline done something similar like the Doom that came to Gotham, but using a yes. Wendigo as the main. Oh, I love yeah, that! Man. Now that's an idea I would I would love to see. Oh wait, you know what? To bring up another comic book character, despite his inconsistent quality, but I could also potentially see if Image Comics wanted to give a shot. What about Wendigo against Spawn? I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, you mean Spawn when Tom McFarlane isn't right again, right? Well, yes, of course. <laughs> make sure you uh, get to- make sure you get Todd. If you're gonna get Todd, just have him draw, not write. Yeah, because pa- yeah, exactly. Todd's idea is that it doesn't involve Spawn anymore, but he wants to show you Spawn. You heard his uh, movie yeah. pitch. The, yeah, the, uh, how? Wh- like, hang on. How many? This is the one thousand two hundred thirty seventh time that he said that it's on the way. Guys, it's on its way. I swear. It's coming. Jesus will be back soon too, guys. Just hold, hold, on, hold on. It's, it's I swear. Uh, Jay's probably be here for, before uh, Spawn gets here. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, he can't even give us Spawn versus Krampus. Are you kidding me? He promised yeah. that like actually, five years ago. Can't actually, if Jesus comes back, first thing he says is, "Where's the Spawn movie?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was waiting this long, and I beat your and I beat your ass to and I beat your ass to coming to life. <laughs> Actually, you know, he's he's gonna he's basically now becoming uh, Dave uh, Beninoff, the creator of Game of Thrones from that South Park episode. Okay, the <laughs> reboot is on its way. But to answer your question, Spawn would be an interesting character to see interact with a Wendigo for sure. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. And um, I guess that just also really goes to show like how flexible the concept of the Wendigo can be in not just uh, with comics, with film, television. Yeah, it's um, a, it's a, a great gr- supernatural episode with the Wendigo. Yes, there is. Yeah, I want a parody movie with a vegan Wendigo. With with someone who became too much. Of a <laughs> okay, that does sound funny. That does sound funny. And is that a parody? Yeah, um, um, yeah. And I remember you and I we were talking about a potential idea for a Wendigo Sonic villain at one point. All right, I, uh, and I was so amazed that Sonic hasn't done using like mythological creatures and just making them Sonic characters. They have, they have used mythological creatures before, but 
they don't really not really that as much as you think i mean at most that would be like their own creations like of course chaos and you know solaris and the such but at but ones based on actual myth they uh don't do they have the closest i could think of was dulcie the dragon from sonic sat am amazing there aren't more dragons than sonic <laughs> i would like that too but um yeah, but ace why do we need those when we have the zeti These Crash Bandicoot looking villains. Uh, don't insult Crash Bandicoot. Are you saying are you saying they don't fit better in something like Crash Bandicoot than Sonic? I don't think they fit into anything. Period. That's what makes them so perfect in Sega's <laughs> eyes. I was going to say one thing I do like about the sorry, sorry sidetrack about the Wendigo with mm-hmm. Hulk is that um, they're both men who become monsters, but in the Wendigo's case, it's he does something selfish um, that is a taboo and dangerous for other people because he eats somebody else. But in Bruce Banner's case, he does something that's unselfish and saving Rick Jones from the gamma bomb, um, but also turns him into a monster. So it's uh, like, it makes sense that they would not like each other because they're kind of like opposites, sort of like the dynamic between Hulk and thing where the thing wants to turn into a man and the Hulk can, but doesn't want to. So it's one reason that they hate each other. And Wolverine's a nice dynamic there, too, because he's also like a man who's vicious, like the Wendigo, but he doesn't present like a monster. Look at him, he looks like a dude. So it's why he's like a nice... He, he looks like a dude in yellow spandex. Sorry? He looks like a dude in yellow spandex. <laughs> he does look like a dude. Finally, too, in a movie. If, if Deadpool 3 ever comes out, he'll look like a dude in yellow spandex. Well, that would be a kind of a surprise. What if, what if Wendigo actually shows up as a villain in Deadpool 3? I, I doubt no, it. It's just I like the Hulk. Actually, right? If, if any movie franchises like crazy enough to, to stick something in there like that it would be deadpool yeah true but let's face it marvel it just uh just like uh marvel it it does not care about either the hulk or the wendigo anymore this no unfortunately true. not we I mean, learned that from she hulk we learned even before that <laughs> yeah yeah and now we're getting a red hulk and a and the leader in the next captain america movie i can't help but say you guys want to use hulk stuff but not the hulk I will, but actually, one thing that you mentioned, Matt, that I think is very interesting about the dynamic between the Hulk and the Wendigo is also, it's also really the way how the two, like the two personalities of both the Hulk and the Wendigo work. Because in the case of Bruce Banner and the Hulk, it's always been a case of both trying to get control over one, but eventually they kind of are, have to learn to come together and create some for, sort of compromise. Whereas right. the Wendigo, it's you know, it's like a, you know, it's like a, you know, like classic werewolfism or even a virus. It's, it takes over and gradually it'll, you know, completely consume you until you are nothing but the Wendigo. Yes. And I think it's a, a further allegory on, uh, you know, the human condition. So for instance, the Hulk is, you know, shows what happens when we become angry, we can lose control of ourselves. Right. But we can always go back to kind of who we were. Once you eat somebody, you're always a cannibal, right? It's like being a murderer or a virgin. You're only one once in your life. Or a vegan. Or a vegan, right? That'll be, so, um, that, that's an, that'll be an interesting twist of the Hulk story. Don't make me horny. You wouldn't like me when I'm horny. Oh, I'm sure there's a movie out there that does that. <laughs> wouldn't that be the Incredible well, Bulk? I said, probably. I said, probably wouldn't say Incredible Bulk, by the way. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but if if the Wendigo was going to appear in any media, I think the best one would have been the original Hulk series with Lou Ferrigno. 
That's a great call, actually. Oh, yes. yeah. You know, uh, it's, I'm kind of surprised they never did add in the wind to go to that series. I mean, I get maybe budget-wise, because, I mean, obviously making a suit with that would have been expensive, but they could have done some workarounds around it. If if six million dollar man can have the yeah, have the said. Yeti in it, so you say you can. You can well, make remember, there's a difference between six the six million dollar man versus Marvel during the 1970s breaking out into the film business. Well, the majority of the budget went went into making the six million dollar man himself. Plus, if they like just brought over Andre the Giant and had him fight Lou Ferrigno, that'd be kind of cool, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to be fair, Andre the Giant as the Yeti that would be awesome. Yes, <laughs> that would be cool. Um, no, that that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been a really good idea. Will I'd love to have seen that looking back at it. I'll yeah, I feel to... like all the classic Hulk villains that one would have worked for that sh- for that show. Yes, yeah, yes, and they didn't do too many like villains in that. There's only like, the one episode where they had like a different Hulk in it, but there wasn't too many other like monsters or stuff you came across. But that one would have worked for that show for sure. In that 1970s uh, feel when horror was big, you know. Um, I could have seen a Wendigo in something like Cold Jack the Night Stalker. Did they? I don't know if you ever did a Wendigo episode or not, but that would have been a cool one. Oh, I don't. Ooh, I didn't think of that. I yeah. don't think so. I, I've never heard. I don't think Cold, they did a Cold Jack. Um, you know what? Actually, that'd be cool though. Like you know, bodies eaten and stuff, and he's checking it out. That'd be pretty neat, actually. I think. Yeah, actually, another cool idea. Marvel should do what DC did with the Adam West Batman and turn the original Hulk series into a comic. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Why not? Right. Yeah, they uh, clearly yeah. own everything at this point. I, I can't imagine they don't. I can't imagine they don't own the original, the original Hulk series. What was that on CBS? Yeah. Oh, actually, Coltrack the Night Server did cross over with the Wendigo. Uh, did it? I it. So yeah. So oh. apparently, there was an episode in um, 1972, and although this one's a little bit different because, like, the way it's depicted, it seems like more um, that they are more like uh, vamp, you know, more vampires than necessarily. And it makes the sense. They didn't have a big budget. <laughs> Right. So, so, I mean, it is the closest thing that we got. I mean, it's, it, I mean, Hey, I mean, the fact alone that we even got that is in and of itself a miracle. So I give yeah, them absolutely. credit for trying and watch that tonight. I love me some cold check. Definitely watching that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, watch I only watched the first episode. Oh, really? It's a great series, man. You yeah. Gotta I gotta get, I definitely want to get into cold check tonight stalker. I mean, plus when you're when it's written by the legendary Richard Matheson, like that instantly gets yeah. my attention. Yeah. Uh, come on. And, and, uh, Darren McGavin's fantastic. The dad from A Christmas Story, he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shoot your eye out, kid. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but uh, an underused character for uh, Marvel, considering how much it's used in the uh, popular culture these days. And, uh, yeah, man, Ace, I, like we said, I love the Ghost Rider idea. I feel like that's a, a very missed opportunity. If there's anybody the Ghost Rider would go after, it would be a cannibal, right? Like, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm more interested in the man thing one. That's the one I was surprised never happened. Especially in like the early days when they made all their monster characters fight uh, fight to kind of get that B movie feel. Yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna be honest too. I mean, Man Thing needed like a good arch villain to, for him to fight against, and Wendigo could have been his perfect. Uh, arch his arch enemy was the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, I just remind me of that. Yeah. Well, to well to be fair, it's also better than R.L. Stein's take on the Man Thing. This is true too. <laughs> yeah, but, which is depressing because you think you think R.L. Stein working on a superhero comic would be fun. Yeah, yeah, but not so much. Yeah, actually, there's also um, on the subject of tales, you know, of different versions of the Wendigo. There is one other ver- one other Wendigo film I wanted to bring up. So I mentioned this to uh, Will a while back, but Matt, I'm kind of curious if you're familiar with this. Are you familiar with a movie called Frostbiter? I am not. Okay. So 
So this was an independent film that was distributed by tr- by good old Troma, and it was kind of meant as a parody of Evil Dead, and it has one of the most interesting takes of the Wendigo that I've ever seen in a film. It's Stop, based. You have me at Troma and parody of Evil Dead. Okay. Well, I'm gonna give you. I definitely got to see this now. Go oh ahead. no, no, it's oh no, it's great. I'm gonna give you two other ideas that'll uh, intrigue you. Here's the first one. The first being is that you have a centaur Wendigo. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, here's okay. the next one for you. My next pitch. Mo- little monsters made out of chili. Little monsters made out of chili. Yes, literally chili. Like the chili you would eat. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm having trouble visualizing that one, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll say I'll share a video with you after the recording, and then okay. that'll be the ultimate judge. And if you're and if that's the steal the deal, I'll tell you what. You and I will do a uh, watch through of it with uh, maybe Andres and Will. Okay. No, it's, it sounds like it's up my alley. So sounds uh, good. Absolutely. But uh, going back also with the uh, rewinding back to uh, Marvel's Wendigo. Yeah, it is kind of a shame that it has he hasn't been used as often as you'd think with a character as with the longevity as he does as a solid seedless villain that he never really got more to do. Uh, sadly, when I got, a lot of the uh, monster characters in mo- modern Marvel are treated as a joke. I mean, Fen Fang Fu was like one of the big villains of of the Avengers fought every once in a while, but now we just treat it as just a joke because he because to them it's funny because of his name. Yeah, yeah, I think Will's right in that. Um, he yeah. hasn't had too many modern appearances. And uh, when he does, it's like taking on characters like Porcupine, you know. So um, there you have it. You know, yeah. not What you need is a writer that, like, sees these and says, I could work with this and make it, and make it serious and not, this is funny to me. I'm going to make it funny. Yeah, and also the other, the the most notable recent Marvel comic that I could think of with the Wendigo was with that Weapon H uh, storyline, which was Hulk basically uh, combined with Wolverine. Because that's modern storytelling in Marvel comics. Yes, make yeah. the most fan fiction thing possible. <laughs> doesn't appear a ton in, in video games either. Like, you see in a few appearances, but... I feel like he would have been a fun character in like uh, the Marvel versus Capcom series. Like imagine oh, him and yeah. Wonka. Yeah. Great, right? That would have been fun. Because, yeah, because the only one I could really think of it, he was a boss in the X-Men arcade game. He was yes. a boss in X-Men 2 Wolverine's Revenge, which is an adaptation of I'm amazed X2. he wasn't in, in, in either of the Hulk video games. Yeah, no, uh, no right. Hulk games. He was not in any of the Hulk games, which is baffling. Why would you not put him and because the games want to focus more on science villains and when to go is more magic. Yeah, but that like, uh, what was it like that Hulk ultimate destruction or, or something where uh, he would have been great in that one? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. Like, like I said, Ma- Marvel for a long time has been straying away from the magical side of their stories. And when they use it, they again, just treat it more as a joke. I guess so, because he doesn't even appear like a lot in Doctor Strange, which you'd think that he would encounter Doctor Strange. Maybe they didn't use him in in the Doctor Strange movies. Yeah, uh, Yeah. actually, he's never really had much conversation with Doctor Strange at all, has he? I don't think so. What kind of Sorcerer Supreme doesn't get involved with with a cursed cannibal? Yeah. Yeah, seriously. One very brief storyline, Doctor Strange showed up, you know, clean up a mess, but no, not not like where Doctor Strange was an enemy for him. Like, you think he would be, right? Like, it seems like the type of character Doctor Strange would be invested in dealing with. The fact that it's more like 
it said Hawk Wolverine occasionally Alpha Flight. I guess that makes sense because it's in Canada, you know. But um, yeah, Moon Knight would it be kind of cool to see go up against him more often? Yeah, right. Like another... I would. Yeah, maybe that could be interesting. Um, a little bit, be a little out of context for Daredevil, but yeah, I mean, yeah nice but thing. to be fair, he's in New York. You tell me he's not going to run across one psychopath that decides to eat someone. That then, is you know, true. To be fair, as someone who lives in New York, that's that's true. That so yeah, you know also, I take back what I said. And also, be a good underdog story because let's face it, he would be out of his element against something like the Wendigo. He would be. And you know what? Yeah, you know what? That actually could work. I yes, see- there was a reason he didn't help much during World War Hulk. What was he going to do? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> throw, throw his baton. Did I get him? Is he looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> Some of the better Daredevil comics are where he's like a super underdog. I remember uh, I reading an issue where he fought the Claw, who was like kind of a D-list character, but way out of Daredevil's league. But seeing exactly. Daredevil yeah. had to be creative to fight him was very interesting. Yeah. Um, Actually, didn't you have the idea of the um, Netflix Daredevil fighting against one of the aliens from the first Avengers? Yes, I thought that would been a great idea. Like, uh, the, do an episode of Netflix like as a one-off. Or what was Daredevil doing during the Battle of New York? Like, him trying to stop one lone Shatari would have been great. It'd been like Daredevil versus Predator, kind of, right? Like, because he'd be outclassed Ooh. totally. He's not yeah, that would have been awesome. Oh, that would be fucking yeah. sweet. But you put that, like, a visceral feel that the Netflix Daredevil had to it, I think it would have been really cool. Oh, you know what? Here's one. Here's one that'd be kind of interesting. What about um, Daredevil against uh, Jason Voorhees? That would be you know, cool. Jason takes Manhattan guest starring Deadpool. Yeah, I guess Deadpool. sorry, Daredevil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you know what? Actually, like it could really just be a better adaptation of Jason takes Manhattan. Now that I think about it. Yeah, really. It'd be hard to be worse. So yes. Although, if you are <laughs> going to do that, you of course got to include the scene where he kicks the boombox. That that's mandatory. Oh, for well, sure. Obviously. Take that society. <laughs> Ironically, the boombox is, you know, hurting Daredevil because it's too loud and Jason kicks it and then he's back in the face, right? <laughs> Actually, that'd be a funny little moment that he's <laughs> yeah. weakened by the boombox, but Jason kicks it just because he hates the music. Yeah. Yeah, I guys, don't want to stop me in 1980s boombox. Oh. <laughs> but guys, what we really need for Daredevil is his own superhero team. He teams up with Xavier and Mr. Fantastic and Age of Venom and call them the Handy Capables. Oh. Well, you're you're definitely gonna make a great dad one day. But they make up for all the for all the. But they make up for all all their issues. Like Xavier can't go upstairs. Daredevil can though. Daredevil can't read, but Xavier can. <laughs> the powers have played no effect in any of this. God damn it! <laughs> the powers play no effect in, in what they need help with. <laughs> It's and imagine his uh, special cha- Xavier's chair special chair gets broken while trying to descend up the stairs. But Daredevil knows nothing about how to, about how to reconstruct it or get the wiring ready. Uh, they you call need, for help, but master wasn't wires. able to answer. You need right? to match the wires. What are wires? Beast, Beast is on holiday at that point. <laughs> Will they, they call for help? But Echo is unable to answer. She can't hear him. Uh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to hell for these jokes. I just I know that. Well, we go there. We'll see Ghost Rider. Ask him why the hell he never fought Wendigo. All right. <laughs> and I also ask Mephisto why he hasn't appeared in any of the Marvel movies yet. No, Mephisto's like I was not in one division. People said I was. But I think that's a. This would be a good time to uh, close things up since I think all of us here are uh, pretty much uh, covered everything that we needed to. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, I have been Ace Maroke. 
I have, I have been William. Can't think of a cannibalistic pun, Kearney. And I have been uh, Matt Denyon. And this and this has been from the woods to Hollywood, Cryptic Collectors.